The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome in. It's a Tuesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbel sitting in alongside Damon Barr one last time. Chris will be back in for the show tomorrow. And man, we are excited to have Chris back in hosting Hale Varsity Radio. But in the meantime, it's Damon and I. And uh, I think we got a good show planned for you today. Coming up. This hour, Mitch Sherman of The Athletic is going to be with us as we're going to be discussing uh, the press conference uh, that happened this morning down at Memorial Stadium. Uh, I guess it happened via Zoom for the reporters, but it's just easier to say that it happened down at Memorial Stadium. We're going to talk with Mitch here in about 20 minutes uh, and get his takes from the, uh, the defensive coaches that took to the podium today. Uh, we had defensive line coach Tony Tuioti as well as linebackers coach Barrett Rude and a few of the players, including Colin Miller, uh, Damian Daniels, and uh, a guy who's really made some waves. I'm buying stock in him now, Ty Robinson. We'll get into those uh, those cuts from the coaches here in a little bit. We also have Derek Peterson coming up at the top of next hour as we're going to talk a little bit more about press conference with, uh, with Derek Peterson. I, I want to know if he actually purchased FIFA 21 this weekend, as he said, because I still have yet to pull the trigger on it uh, with the PS5 coming out here soon. Uh, I got to make some tough choices. Do I want to do I want to buy FIFA 21 now? Is it worth it? Or do I just wait for the PS5 to drop or the Xbox? I haven't even decided which one I want yet. I'm leaning towards PS5. Uh, Damon, do you have any thoughts on this? I feel like you're a guy. Who, you look like a, a mm, you look like an Xbox guy to me. Are you an Xbox guy? Uh, I uh, turned into an Xbox guy when I was about 13. Uh, I, th- I think Derek will have some answers for you if you ask him what to do. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll get Derek's thought on that, as well as uh, the Husker press conference from this morning. And then at 525, we're going to talk with Jacob Padilla, as we've heard some news today about some teams who could be in that uh, the multi-team event coming to Lincoln at the end of November. Uh, going to get his thoughts on that, as well as the, uh, the waiver request that was approved by the NCA for Trey McGowans. We also haven't talked to him since big man Wilhelm Breidenbach committed to the Huskers, and I'm excited to talk with Jacob about all of that. Um... If you want to contact the show today, I know we had some calls in yesterday, specifically John called in, and I apologize, John, I was hosting and producing at the same time, and that is not, condu- you know, it's hard to host a show and talk with the phone in the left hand while not, you know, it's, it's just a whole thing. Uh, so John, if you want to call in, I know you had some questions for us yesterday. Uh, phone lines are open, 402-466-3776 or 1-800-825-5865. Uh, phone line's going to be open till about... 420 here uh, about the next 10 minutes and we're also going to have open phone lines at 440 as well as 540 uh, make sure to give us a call 402-466-ESPN you can also tweet at Damon or I for Damon find him on Twitter at Damon Bar and Bar is spelled with two R's you don't want to forget that 
you can also find me on Twitter at Herbal Essences. Uh, Herbal Essences for me, you can tweet at me or at ESPN Lincoln. And uh, Damon and I are running that account right now, and we will make sure to get back to you as soon as possible. If you want to follow Hale Varsity on Twitter, uh, at Hale Varsity for that. Um, but ESPN Lincoln's the one to follow. If you're following this show, we're going to be posting all the interviews from today, as well as some highlights from SoundCloud. And speak of the devil, Damon, we had someone on the phone. Who is it? It's John. I knew it. John, welcome into Hale Varsity Radio. What do you want to talk about today? Hey, I would like to get your thought on our offensive line and why uh, you think that things could are going to be different in terms of them being able to control the line of scrimmage this year as compared to maybe the last 10 or so. Well, John, I think the difference for the offensive line this year, uh, we got into this a little bit last week, and you know me, I love offensive line play. Uh, I think the difference is the experience coming back. With the left tackle, Brendan Hymas, uh, and Matt Forniak moving into right guard, I don't think Matt Forniak was well-suited with his body type to be playing right tackle. He moves down now into right guard, which is a little less space. Uh, instead of those fast, athletic guys out in the ends, he's going to be playing against D tackles uh, and some DNs who kind of shift down in uh, and stunt down inside. I think that bodes really well. Uh, Cam Jurgens as well at center. He was playing pretty undersized for a Big Ten lineman last year at about 285 pounds. Uh, it sounds like he's put on some weight. Uh, in the offseason uh, to be able to handle those Big Ten defensive lines. Uh, and just additionally, we, we heard from uh, Coach Greg Austin last week about the, the mental aspect that Cam Jurgens is putting in to, to be a better leader for that offensive line. And I think with all those things combined, you got a better leader. you got guys uh, whose body types fit better into their positions. And then you also have had the past three months now to work on scheme and scheme alone. And with, when you combine all those things together, it just bodes well for an offensive line that already found cohesion, and, and we saw the, the progress that that offensive line made last week. Or last year, excuse me. John, uh, anything, anything else before we let you go? I don't think so. John, it was, uh, it was nice for the call. Uh, nice to get the call. Appreciate uh, your question to Hale Varsity Radio. Reminder, phone lines are open, 402 466 Three seven seven six. That was John online. Appreciate John for the call. Um, but right now, I think we can get into the the press conference from this morning, and, and it was revolving around the two positions on defense that were the big question marks last year: uh, the defensive line and the linebackers. Those are the two position groups that you expect to stop the run. And the Huskers on the year last year, uh, I've mentioned this stat numerous times now just because I think it's so important. 4.7 yards per carry across the season and 5.7 yards per carry in conference play. And both of those numbers are just wholly unacceptable. Whenever you're playing in the Big Ten, who prides itself on running the ball, you got to be able to stop the run. And it starts with the big guys up front, the D-line. But I think the bigger problem last year, when you have three guys who are now playing in the NFL, I know there's the argument that they're playing out of position, but those guys were able to fill gaps. And in a 3-4, you got defensive linemen who are playing essentially two gaps. So their job is just to take up space up front and to, to allow the linebackers to, to fly around and make some plays. So the responsibility for the run play and stopping the run falls upon the linebackers, in my opinion. Coach Rude was at the podium today, and the first thing he hit on was the linebackers' play last year, what he thought of the linebackers, and uh, and just how those linebackers kind of matched the defensive performances. Whenever the linebackers were good, it seemed like the defense was good, and whenever the linebackers were bad, it felt like the, the defense as a whole was bad. 
I thought our, our inside group was a little bit of a reflection of our overall season. I think it was a little bit up and down. Um, I thought when we were good, I thought they played very good. I thought when we didn't have good games, um, our group usually didn't have good games. Um, you know, and you, you always look at yourself first, uh, trying to fine-tune little things, little teaching points that could have made things simpler, made things easier. Um, one thing I've been really happy with uh, as a group, and I think, you know, when you got two seniors that are in your room and have played a lot of football – um, they understand the expectations, uh, and they understand uh, what the standard needs to be. Um, and, and for them, it's just going to be how high of a level can you operate every single day. Um, and I think that's where we're still trying to get to as a program overall is how high is the competition each day that you come to practice because, you know, football is just a big game of habits. It's all it is. And when your habits are really, really good, um, the product shows on the field. And um, that's where we're getting to. Coach Rude there mentioned that the two starters uh, that we're expecting to see the the majority of the snaps for at linebacker. Those two are Will Honus and Colin Miller. Colin Miller also took this to the uh, the podium. We'll get his thoughts here in a second. But Coach Rude took some time to just talk about those two starters and what it means to have two guys who are now in their third year with the program. It's been really good. I think you know the fact that they've um, both got had three years in the system now. Um, you know, Will's. Uh, uh, full year and you know year and a half removed from that ACL injury um Colin has had like you said uh a full pretty much a full three years now um learning inside linebacker as opposed to outside linebacker um so their comfort levels um very high at that spot um and uh, as well as me you know I, they, they know what uh, I expect of them now and uh you know they they attack each day pretty well yeah and when I think back on the performances of Will Honus and Colin Miller over the past two, three seasons. I know Will Honus uh, didn't really have that, that season two years ago because of injury. Uh, he had the ACL injury. But but my thoughts on Will were that it almost looked like he was running in cement at times. And that's not what you can have in a 3-4 system. He's improved the speed factor. And I think he's ready to be a bigger difference in stopping the pass. We've seen him been able to stop the run and... And I think we're ready to see his improvement just in the past game, stopping those crossing routes, which were such a big problem last year. Colin Miller, I think, is the opposite problem. Whenever he was out there in defense last year, uh, as an outside linebacker, he was comfortable playing in space. He, he was one of the stronger linebackers we had in pass coverage last year. When it come, came to run fits, uh, I saw him in the wrong gap at times. And, and at times, it just looked like he was getting outmatched by Big Ten offensive linemen. So with those two, Coach Rude touched on where he wants improvement and what improvement he specifically wants to see in this 2020 season. You know, I, I think it always starts with linebackers uh, striking blocks and tackling. That's where everything starts with. Um, you got to fill the linebackers when it comes to tackling. And I think we've made some little tweaks here and there uh, in the scheme to make it um, a little bit, not, I wouldn't say easier to tackle, but um, they understand leverage a little bit better. Um, and we're doing a little bit better job um, teaching them where their help's coming from, and that helps you tackle. Um, whenever you got to tackle somebody that's a really good player in a lot of space with no help, that's hard to do, even if you're an all-pro player. Um, but when you know where your help is, you understand exactly uh, what angle to take. Um, it lets you play faster. lets you play more sure with yourself. Um, and those guys have really done a nice job of understanding those little principles, and I think the, the tackling is going to be, uh, you know, a consequence of it. They're going to be a little bit better tacklers because of it. And I saw that specifically last night in in the Chiefs game. There was the Tyree Kill uh, play down inside the 10-yard line where it was a little reverse play to Tyree Kill, uh, a little shovel pass down inside. Beautiful play design. 
beautiful play design. I'll say that now. But Tyree Kill had no right to get the corner on that play. He, he gets to the edge and he gets to the pile and he gets the touchdown. And it came down to one guy on the outside, a cornerback, not knowing where his help was. He had help back inside. He had linebackers flowing the correct way. If he could have just set the edge and brought Tyree Kill back inside, it's, it's a gain of three. They're down the one-yard line as opposed to having a touchdown. I still think the Chiefs score. But that, that's just a, a little example of how just knowing where your help is improves with the tackling. Because as opposed to forcing a guy back inside, he tried to make a play at the goal line. Tyree Kill's too fast for him coming around the corner, and he stretched the ball out and got the touchdown. But this, this, this issue... It's not specific to the starters. In an NFL game, you're playing less snaps. It's less fast. The college game is so fast-paced right now, especially with an offense like Nebraska's, where you're going to be out there and you might have a three and out that takes one minute off the clock. You obviously don't want that from your offense, but it's going to happen sometime this season. Where you got a quick three and out, you have a run play that gets you about nothing, and then two quick pass plays, both of them incomplete, and boom, it's fourth and nine, and... 45 seconds, one minute's off the clock. So this defense is going to have a lot of snaps this year. And the, the next question that is important for these linebackers is who's going to step up behind Will Honus and Colin Miller. Those guys can't go play every snap when they're playing 85, 90 snaps a game. Coach Rude got into that at the press conference this morning. As far as rotation, you want as many able bodies as possible. Um, you know, with Big, uh, Big Ten play in general, let alone a Big Ten-only conference season, um, and with the way our offense plays and the speed they play at, um, typically on defense, we're, we're getting between 80 and 90 plays, um, where if you look at like a normal NFL game, that's more like 60, 65 plays. So ideally, you don't want to just have to play two guys. You want to be able to play three to four, maybe even five guys um, to keep guys fresh, uh, keep guys injuries free. Um, and uh, I, I think that really contributes uh, to success over the long haul during a Big Ten season. Now, if you're going to buy stock in somebody to make plays this year and be one of those depth guys who's going to come to make a difference, last year, that guy was Colin Miller. It was Will Honus and Mo Berry starting most of those games and Colin Miller coming in off the bench making plays. Who's that guy going to be this year? One of the guys I'm buying stock in after the press conference today, and we've heard a lot about him over the past year. Freshman, last year, walk-on from Lincoln Northstar, and he got on the field and he made plays against Ohio State, I remember. The game was... Oh, out of reach by the point he was in the game, but he was out there making plays in a game when you're down 40. He's out in the field making plays against Minnesota. And in a game that actually mattered, he was making plays against Illinois. I really liked what I saw from, uh, from Luke Reimers last year, and Coach Rude apparently likes what he sees from Luke Reimers heading into this season as well. Um, as far as Luke, um, with him, it's just continually uh, learning the intricacies of the defense. He's got, uh, as far as athleticism, he's about as athletic as any guy we got in our team. Um, he's, uh, he's got as good of a motor as anybody on our team's got. He's very similar to like a, like a Luke McCaffrey type with uh, some guys are able to run 40 yards once really fast and some guys are able to run 40 yards 50 straight times really fast. Uh, and that's the kind of motor he's got. So um, he's done a great job um, since he's been here and I think he's only getting uh, better and better. And how awesome is that to hear a guy with a high motor? That's something that it feels like the defense has lacked for about six years now. It's guys with high motors that are willing to get after it. The guys right now I see in the defense that have that high motor, Cam Taylor Britt. That's one guy right off the bat. He's got a high motor. Muhammad Barry had that high motor last year for the Huskers. Luke Reimers is going to be a guy that, even though he's not starting, he's going to bring that intensity. Colin Miller uh, raved about Luke Reimers as well whenever he uh, took the podium just a little bit after Coach Rude. Yeah, it's crazy to me that, you know, Luke Reimer, walk on from, 
the Gators, North Star Gators. Um, but he's one of those kids that wants to be, you know, perfect his craft. He's always trying to get in the film room, always trying to watch extra film with whoever. He's one of those guys that just loves the game, you know. And you can, when you know someone loves the game, you just can respect him a little more. Yeah, he, he always has his why, why he wants to step on the field and perfect his craft. Uh, but like I said, he just makes plays. He flies around to the ball, gives you maximum effort. Um, loves the game, always wants to be in the film room, always asking questions. Um, he's he's, he's going to play good ball for us this year. And if you haven't bought stock in him, that last line, he's going to play good ball for us. He's going to play good ball for us this year. And on top of that, Coach Root announced that today uh, Luke Reimer has been put on scholarship. We're not sure when he was put on scholarship, but he has been put on scholarship for this Husker team. And that says a lot. After one year coming, uh, being a walk-on into the program, awesome for Luke Reimer, and the kid deserves it. I'm expecting big things from him this year, uh, coming off the bench and providing depth in that linebacker group. Mitch Sherman will be with us next to talk more about this press conference. Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! It's a Tuesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio. Elijah Herbal is in. Damon Barr is running the ship, having an awesome time as we're filling in for Chris. Chris will be back tomorrow. We, uh, we are so excited to have him back in for Hail Varsity Radio. But right now, we're going to be talking with Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. Uh, he covers the Huskers for The Athletic, and he's one of the best to do it. Mitch, I, I want to start off here before we get into the, the thoughts from the press conference today. Uh, you had a mailbag. Uh, story that you, you released today on The Athletic. You can go check that out on The Athletic uh, if you have a subscription. Uh, but Mitch, one of the questions in particular uh, just frustrated me. It was a question about Runza and, and just the uh, the uh, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to phrase it here. The uh, the, the, the childhoodness of Frings, that, that Frings are for nine-year-olds. I, I took a major offense to that because I love going to Runza and getting Frings. So I like Frings, but I don't like ordering. If I want Frings, then, you know, get some fries and get some rings. Otherwise, I think, I think you need to decide between the two. Like, fries are good, rings are good, but when you, when you tempt fate and you ask the person behind the counter to get the fries and the rings, you run the risk of getting shortchanged on one of the two. So that was, that was, that's my main problem with it. Like, my nine-year-old, he gets Frings. And sometimes, you know, there's only two or three onion rings in the package, and you get like half as many fries as normal. So, to me, that's a problem. I, you know, hey, I'm an, an, adult, an adult is going to order things. You're going to get some fries, and you're going to get some rings, and you can mix them up uh, yourself. Like, I don't need runs that mix up the fries and rings for me. That's 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 where I'm coming from. I like both items. Maybe I am just not a full-fledged adult yet. Maybe that's the problem here. But I just—I don't think I can afford the calories of ordering fries and onion rings. That's yeah. a lot of fried right. food. That's one. why you have to choose. That's why you got to choose. So one time you go and you get some fries, and the next time you get rings. Like I—I I, I can't say that I've ever ordered both and mixed them together. <laughs> but um, on one visit, perhaps I'll get fries, and the next I'll get rings. It's fair enough. We'll, we'll agree to disagree here, Mitch. Uh, but one thing that it feels like Husker fans and, and the media like, as well as the coaches, can't disagree on is just how strong Luke Reimer has come on since his walk-on season last year. The coaches were raving about him. We talked about him in the first segment because 
Coach Rude uh, was just raving on Luke Reimer as well as Colin Miller. Uh, just what is your expectation for Luke Reimer going into this 2020 season? It sounds like he's going to see the field. Uh, are you expecting him to be a splash guy that we saw like Garrett Nelson last year that maybe Husker fans didn't necessarily expect it to come, but he, he is just going to play with passion. He's going to be a guy that Husker fans love to watch. Yeah, I mean, he was exciting to watch last year, just the, the limited action that he got. It was mainly on special teams, but he stood out on special teams. Um, and, you know, we heard a lot about Luke uh, last year during fall camp in Austin. It was even more of a surprise then because he had come in as a walk-on, um, you know, not, not one of the scholarship guys, not one of the, 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 uh, the players in that 2019 class that we had heard about, even at his position. You know, you had Nelson, um, you had Jackson Hanna. You had Nick Henrich, you had Garrett Snodgrass, four, four guys, four, four linebackers in that 2019 group. Three of them were in-state kids who uh, Nebraska fans you know, had seen play in high school, and then Reimer was also uh, in that, in, you know, also an in-state kid at, le- at least um, t- toward the end of his career at Lincoln North Star. He played eight-man ball in uh, in Kansas early in his career, but um, you know, people got to got to got to see who he was um, at North Star. Uh, did not expect him to to have the immediate make the immediate impression that he did uh, go in uh, in camp, but but uh, we heard a lot about him then, and uh, you know continues it continues here in his sophomore year. Um, I, I you know I think we're going to see a lot more of him on the field this year, uh, keeping in mind that Nebraska has a couple seniors uh, in Colin Miller and Will Honus at that uh, inside linebacker spot who are who are going to be the starters most likely. Yeah, Coach Rude uh, said today that he wants four or five guys that, that can get playing time just because of the high number of snaps that that defense is going to be getting. We know pretty much three. We know the starters probably going to be Will Honus and Colin Miller. We heard a lot about Luke Reimer. Who, who could another guy or two be uh, that we might see on the field at the linebacker position this year uh, for the Huskers? Oh, I definitely think Nick Henrich is going to get on the field. I think Nick Henrich has a really high ceiling, probably as much or more so than than anybody in that group. And just because we don't hear as much about Nick Henrich and haven't heard as much about Nick Henrich um, in the first year or so of his career in comparison to a guy like Reimer, um, you know, I think that has more to do with the fact that, that Nick um, has been hurt or was hurt, uh, not, not hurt now, he's healthy now, but was hurt um, in the spring uh, after coming as an early enrollee and then, um, you know, was slow to get back last year during the season. So, um, if he's not in that top three, I think he's a top four guy. Um, and a junior college transfer, uh, it's Eva Moga Clements um, at that spot, too. Um, certainly he was hurt by the, the lack of spring practice and the, and the fact that Nebraska only had two spring practices. He came to, uh, to Lincoln as an early enrollee, expecting to get 15 practices in, really get that, get that uh, feel for the defense. Uh, and, then, um, and then, of course, it was taken away. And, uh, and, you know, like everybody else, he, he was out there on the field two times. So I think he may be uh, a little bit slower to, to, uh, to develop um, in this, uh, uh, early in this season than, than he would have been if um, Nebraska had spring practice. But, but he's a guy to watch, too. So um, Keyshawn Green um, leaving the program here in the, uh, um, in the summer, I, that, that's, um, you know, that, that, that is a huge disappointment. For, for that inside linebacker spot. I think he may have been the guy um, who, who, who broke out the most out of all of the young players in 2020. If, you know, Nebraska, of course, lost Henry Gray, lost Jaden Francois, lost Keyshawn Green, all Florida guys uh, as, as 2020 signees and, and, you know, during the, um, the time off in the, in, the, in the pandemic. And, you know, I would say that uh, of all three of those, Keyshawn Green was, was the one who I was most interested in, most excited to see play 
um, an inside linebacker, but a guy who could really go all over the field and do things for Nebraska. So it's, uh, it's, it's disappointing that, that uh, we will never get to see him in a Nebraska uniform. We're talking with Mitch Sherman of The Athletic here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mitch, do you think that Keyshawn Green's departure, uh, obviously in a, in a time of COVID, uh, it's hard to get a read on why guys are transferring, but do you think part of that could be the depth that Nebraska has already built up at that inside linebacker position? No, I don't think so. I think Keyshawn was, was uh, and I saw him play at the, in San Antonio in January at the All-American Bowl. Um, he was a standout in that game with, with high school All-Americans all around him, you know, Alabama, LSU, uh, signees, Clemson signees in that game. Um, and and I, I don't think that, um, that that he came in uh, two seniors and some players who were with him in some growing depth at that spot and thought, hey, I need to get out of here. I think it was, it was more just it's a difficult adjustment. It's a difficult adjustment for a guy from Florida to come to Lincoln and, uh, and go through that transition in a normal year. And then you put in the, the – um, you know, the difficulties that were added in because of well everything that, that you and I and everyone listening knows that has gone on in the last seven months, and, and you, you, you put this, this, this kid from Florida down in the middle of that, um, it's, 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 a, it's a really difficult thing to handle. And credit to Nebraska for keeping the other four. They had seven uh, from Florida in the signing class. Three of them are gone. Um, you know, it's, it's um, they're fortunate that it didn't snowball and you and you lose six or six or all seven of them um, because because for none of them could these last seven months have been easy. Um, but now you know they've made it to this point uh, where they do have that that steady diet of football and they're at practice every day in season. Uh, they have the pads on. They're getting ready for a game in two weeks. So I think the fact that those four guys weathered the storm and made it through uh, certainly bodes well for the for, for their futures in Lincoln. Mitch, last thought here on the inside linebackers before we get a, a thought or two on the D-line. Uh, but when you're looking at these, the starting two guys, uh, Will Honus and Colin Miller, where do you think that they need to show the most improvement? Which aspect of the game uh, do you think that they need to improve the most upon to, to really vault this defense into a, a, a better place than it was in 2019? Well, you know, those guys shared time a year ago with Mo Berry. Um, and, I, and I wouldn't say that the inside linebackers was the strength of the defense last year. Um, I thought there were too many missed tackles. There were too many opportunities for um, those guys in the middle to be able to make plays when it didn't happen. Um, they, the, the, stre- the strength for them needs to be, one, leading the defense. Those guys are like the quarterbacks out there on the field for the defense, so they have to help get everybody lined up. Um, they've got to be players who, who, you know, who have command and control and can point um, other guys in the directions that they need to be, whether they're guys behind them in the secondary, on the sides, at outside linebacker, or, or even help with the defensive line. And it's good for Nebraska that they've got two experienced guys, especially Colin Miller, you know, who's been in the program for five years. Honus, um, this is his third year. He came as a junior college transfer, redshirted in 18, um, played a lot last year. So he's got experience, too. Um, Nebraska's in a good spot because th- those are the players um, you know, who need to be uh, the, the you know the, the, they need to be thinking for the entire defense. So um, you know I think the future for Nebraska at inside linebacker um, is 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 a future where they will have guys at that spot who are maybe more gifted physically than what you have with the two seniors right now. And that's not a knock on them. It's just that I think that Nebraska is upgrading the way that it's recruiting that position. And you may even have that. You probably do even have that with guys like Nick Henrich. 
Um, you certainly did, not, not to harp on Keyshawn Green, he's gone, but you certainly did um, with a player like Keyshawn Green that he was the ideal person for Nebraska to recruit at that spot. Um, but these guys, uh, Miller and Honus, um, are, are, um, are intelligent. Um, they have a, gr- a good grasp of the defense. Um, I think they're both good leaders, and they can serve Nebraska well uh, in, in the, from those middle positions. Talking with Mitch Sherman of The Athletic here on Hale Varsity Radio. Mitch, about a minute left, so probably time for one last thought. Uh, the defensive line was also a talking point at the press conference today, and, and they have barely any experience coming back, uh, especially in, in the starters when you look at Damian, or sorry, Darian Daniels excuse me, and the Davis Twins both leaving. But Damian Daniels is a guy who got a lot of snaps last year, uh, and Coach Tuioti talked about him at the press conference today. What do you think uh, is going to be important for Damian Daniels in leading this defensive line in 2020? Yeah, he's taken on more of a leadership role, you know, kind of what I said about Colin Miller. Um, Damien is a, is a younger, and he's somebody who uh, has done kind of what, what, what Miller has done, um, but, but on the defensive line. Um, the, the key for Damian Daniels is, is to be able to have the stamina, um, to be in shape, uh, to, to, to a place where he can just play more than he did a year ago. You know, he came in and, and would spell his brother for a few snaps last season. Uh, they're going to need him for more than a few snaps this year. You know, even with the depth that Nebraska has up front on defense, and I think that's a strength of that defensive line, is that, you know they they don't have uh, the same kind of experience that that group did a year ago with three seniors. Um, now they have Ben Stilley as a senior, and then a bunch of uh, of younger guys. But they are deeper than they were last year. And that second unit, if that second unit is Casey Rogers, Ty Robinson, um, if if it's um, Keem Green, uh, those guys are bigger. Uh, potentially more physical than even the starters, and and and, and at some point in the year, uh, that, that you know, I think those those uh, those top six or seven guys will all be interchangeable. So um, that's a strength for sure of the defensive line, and and, and Damian Daniels appears to be, um, along with Stilly, I'd say a leader in that group. There he is, Mitch Sherman of the Athletic. Make sure to catch his work uh, on the Athletics app. Uh, Mitch, good talking with you. We'll get caught up next week. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman for joining us on today's Hail Varsity Radio. You can find Mitch on Twitter, at Mitch Sherman. Again, his work is on the Athletics College Football uh, page. And uh, just awesome insight from Mitch. If you missed that interview, it will be up on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page. And as always, the full podcast will be available on Apple Podcasts as well as ESPNLincoln.com and HaleVarsity.com. But at the end of that chat with Mitch, I got one question off on the D-line. We spent a lot of time on inside linebackers because I think that's really the most important position group uh, for the Huskers this year going into 2020. With The secondary, obviously super important, uh, but we know what we're going to get from the secondary. A lot of returning experience uh, from Deontay Williams, Cam Taylor-Britt, DiCaprio Boodle, uh, just talent and experience across the board in that secondary. The loss of Braxton Clark was big. I'm not going to discount that. I think Braxton Clark was awesome in his last couple games uh, for the Huskers last season. That frame is is undeniably a huge advantage for Braxton Clark. And I personally was really looking forward to seeing how he would play uh, this season because whenever you get into a, a place where you're up, cross my fingers, where you're up big at the end of a game and the other team is going spreading it out, uh, they're passing the ball a lot. It's nice to have five really experienced guys in the secondary who you can put out there. But, nevertheless, I think that secondary is going to be fine. 
The linebacking core is we, we know who we have with Colin Miller, Will Honus. Uh, it's a question of how much have they improved in the offseason and how much are they going to step up on the field. The defensive line is going to be fun to watch. That, that's my, my position breakdown. The defensive line, uh, just lots and lots of young talent who's looking to prove themselves. Coach Tuioti uh, also took to the stand, the stand, I'm not sure that's the right phrasing, took to the podium this morning. Uh, it's weird whenever you're at Zoom because there's not like really an actual podium. They're just sitting in front of a table with a mic and they're listening to questions over Zoom. It's, it's a strange press conference setup, but I digress. Uh, Coach Tuioti took to the uh, the podium today as he talked about just the D-line, the inexperience, uh, but his first thought uh, is what he expects from the D-line uh, and, and what he just wants this D-line to really be good at in 2020. Well, first thing we talk about is being physical. Got to be tough. Tough, relentless, and then got to be accountable. Those things we talk about in our room each and every day. Being able to trust you that you're going to do your 111. Do your job. Don't do any more than what you need to do within the scheme of the defense. Trust your brothers next to you that they're going to do, jo- do their job and do your job and execute at a high level. Number two is be able to just knock somebody back in the run game. Be physical and tough. And if we can do that each and every day, dominate the line of scrimmage, be accountable and knowing what you're doing within the scheme of the defense. And then lastly, just play with relentless effort. Run to the football for 48 minutes. And I think at the end of the day, that's, that's got to be our model. We've got to play harder, tougher, longer, and be smarter than our opponents. And we've got a chance if we can do that on a consistent basis. Uh, and I talked about one of the points he hit on in there back in the first segment, uh, which is essentially winning at the line of scrimmage, being physical up front knocking your offensive lineman back. Uh, because whenever you have those linebackers that are back behind you, their, their role is to, to flow across the field and make plays. And it's your job as a D lineman to stand up an offensive lineman, make sure that those offensive linemen aren't getting to the second level. Because if you have five offensive linemen up there and you can have three of those guys, only three, block the three D linemen, it leaves two offensive linemen free to go hit your two inside backers and then boom, it's a running back one-on-one with a safety. That's what happens whenever you're getting 5.7 yards per carry is those linebackers aren't free to go make plays. And it's a safe view as to come up and go make a play seven yards deep in the defensive backfield. So Coach Tuioti talked about the keys for winning at the line of scrimmage and which guys he expects uh, can really help in that battle to dominate the line of scrimmage. I think we have the guys this year that have the length, that have the size to be able to help us out with that. Um, you know, I feel good about having Jordan Riley, who's a big body for us at 6'6", 340. Ty Robinson, a big body at 6'6", 6'5", 325. Kim Green at 315. So we got some big bodies that should be able to help us with that. And the name he's leaving off there, who's another big body, is, uh, is Damian Daniels. You think about those, those are four big bodies. I've heard great things about Jordan Riley through the first couple days of camp. Guy coming in from JUCO. Six foot six, three hundred and forty. What a frame that is. Coach Tuioti kind of dove into the the rotation, and he he mentioned those four guys, but four guys aren't enough on this defensive line. I know last year is about six guys rotating in and out. You had your first unit and your second unit. So Coach Tuioti previewed uh, just who's going to be in that rotation for the Husker defensive line this year. Yeah, I think right now, you know, with uh, with the young guys stepping in to play for us, Ty Robinson. Uh, Casey Rogers, those two guys, I think, just within the last couple months have, have made great strides for us. Uh, feeling a lot more confident about them being able to come in and play for us. And just with them two adding to our depth, I feel good about having about six, seven guys ready to play. Uh, Jordan Riley's coming along. Keem Green's coming along. Obviously, 
um, DT, Snacks, and Stilly. Those guys played a lot for us last year. So uh, being able to have Casey Rogers, Jordan Riley, Keem Green, and Ty Robinson uh, help seal up the, uh, the load there for us, I think we feel good about having six or seven guys ready to play for us. So just going to list off the guys that he's listed as guys that can see the field and make a difference. Uh, the first guy who we've heard a lot about today and who I've been excited for uh, since he committed to Nebraska, you saw him in the, uh, the Army All-America game, uh, that's Ty Robinson. Heard good things about Ty Robinson from the players who took the podium today. Sounds like he is just an athletic guy uh, for his size and is going to be making plays this year for the Huskers. Then you go Casey Rogers, a guy that was singled out by Ty Robinson as, as improving on his football knowledge. We saw him on the field a little bit last year. Um, and it, Ty Robinson indicated that he's a guy who has improved in knowing the game. He's always been a physical guy who's ready for the field. He said he's even gotten better at that in the offseason, but he knows the game of football and what his assignment is even better. And then Jordan Riley, big body, just talked about him. Keem Green, another big body who's going to take up space in the middle. DeAndre Thomas got a lot of play time last year. I'm expecting he's going to be in that first three. He's a guy we've, we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for him to turn the corner. And to be ready for that big stage. Maybe this is the year. And then you also have uh, Damian Daniels. Snacks. Love that nickname. Damian Daniels is a guy who I think is going to get a majority of the snaps uh, for the defense this year. He, he's got to see the field a lot because he's going to be a leader. They have him playing nose guard as well as a little bit of uh, of the end spots. Kind of mixing him all along the defense as we saw with the Davis Twins last season. And then Ben Stilley. Another guy who has seen the field a lot. Um, he really left his mark on a few games last season. You could see that he's getting there. He's not that elite level defense defensive lineman that, that Nebraska's used to at this point, but I'm counting there one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys, which is a little more than two rotations. I'm, I'm excited for, for the young guys there, uh, but the, the big one who I think is most important in leading the defense is going to be Damian Daniels. I'm really proud of Damian. Um, you know, he's, He's come out and he's competed each and every day. He knows that he's got to get himself in shape, and he's doing every everything he can to do that. You know, I think he's pushed his threshold to a point where he can he can probably play six, seven, eight snaps for us. He's doing everything he can in conditioning after practice, and I'm really proud of just the way he's been able to attack practice each and every day. You know, obviously we have young guys coming in to compete for his position with Jordan Riley and Keem Green and Ty Robinson. And Snacks shows up every single day, and he's been awesome. He's been having some great practices for us, been dominant at the point of attack. But that's what we need out of him. We need that veteran leadership from him, and I'm just glad that he's been able to step up to the plate and and know that, hey, it's his time to lead and bring the young guys along with him because Snacks is somebody that I definitely, uh, if we're going into war, going into fight, I want to go fight with Snacks. That's the ultimate compliment, especially for a defensive lineman. You'll go to war with Snacks. We'll wrap up an hour one of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery after this. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Talking linebackers and D-line today on Hale Varsity Radio as uh, Coach Tuioti and Coach Rude took to the podium this morning, got their thoughts here in first hour, as well as thoughts from Mitch Sherman about 30 minutes ago, uh, just specifically focused on that linebacker group because I think that's going to be one that's uh, really, if the linebackers play well, I think the defense plays uh, plays better than last year, but if the linebackers play poorly, I think the defense uh, might take a hit this year. Uh, before we let you go for this hour, uh, just a quick reminder of what's coming up next. Uh, coming up after this next break at 5.05, just about, we'll have Derek Peterson to get more thoughts on uh, the press conference from this morning and uh, 
man, I, I just think the D-line and linebackers are, are so crucial for this defense. Going to get his takes on, uh, on those two position groups as well as a little FIFA 21. Got to talk a little gaming because I've been I've been bored of, of my current game selection. Might, might be time for a new one. Also going to talk with uh, Jacob Padilla here in about 30 minutes uh, as we'll get some Husker basketball news and notes as there's been uh, about five days of, of good news for the Huskers from Trey McGowan's Wilhelm Breidenbach and now uh, some news about which teams will be involved in that preseason tournament in uh, Nebraska I guess here in Lincoln uh, at the end of November. Before we let you go, though, got a quick reminder about our friends over at West Blue Realty. If you're looking to make a move in 2020, you got to give the real estate professionals at West Blue Realty a call today. They specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities, and they will help make your next move a smooth one. And for a limited time only, you can mention Hale Varsity and West Blue will provide you with up to $1,000 upon the closing of your next home purchase. If you got agricultural land, well, they can help you out with that too because they have an experienced auctioneer and can handle anything from live auctions, sealed bids, and even general land listings. They sold land in uh, Lancaster and the surrounding counties uh, this year alone, so they can handle your land as well. Remember, you got to call Tom Luby or Kelly Hofschneider to get some more details, or you can visit them at westbluerealty.com if you're an in-person person. That sounded awkward, but if, if you like seeing them in person, you're not a big fan of the email, the online, I get it. You can go visit them at 1120 K Street, Suite 200 in downtown Lincoln. Before you make that next move, you got to ask yourself, what can West Blue do for you? And remember, it pays to work with West Blue Realty. Uh, Damon, sad news from about an hour ago, and that is that uh, the, I mean, the front man, the the namesake of Van Halen has passed away. Eddie Van Halen passed away after uh, a battle with cancer at the age of 65. That's just awful news. Uh, one of the the biggest guitarists and definitely most influential guitarists that we've ever seen. Are you a fan of Van Halen? Such such a big influence. I mean, we wouldn't have the same kind of music we we have today if he wasn't around. I mean, it, it, incredible guy. Sad, sad to lose me. He's been battling cancer for, for a long time now. I think since 2014, mm-hmm. and a little bit before that, even as well. So just sad loss today. Yeah, and you you said it. I mean, he he's set the stage for music today, which is wild. Lost a, a pioneer and icon. If we could, I would play the entire guitar solo to eruption uh, today on the show. If I could. If I could. Uh, I don't think Chris would be happy with me if we just sat here for three minutes and listened to eruption as much as I would love to do that. Uh, I'll do that on my own time driving home from the show. I'll make sure to flip on eruption and listen to it on repeat because uh, that was a huge loss. Uh, again, got Derek Peterson and Jacob Padilla coming up in uh, the next hour. But if we want some happy news really fast, I am now 4-0 in fantasy football. Uh, I got real lucky last night because Devontae Adams wasn't able to play. My opponent had him. He was down about 20 points uh, heading into the game last night. It was just Devontae Adams. I was nervous until I saw Devontae Adams tweet out Monday morning that he wouldn't be playing, and I kissed one up. Thanked God. I am now 4-0. Got a tough matchup next week. We'll see how we do. Coming up next hour, again, Derek Peterson, Jacob Badilla. You're not going to want to miss it. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Welcome back. It's Hour 2 Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal alongside Damon Barr. It's our last time filling in for Chris as he'll be back in for the show tomorrow. I'll also be back in because Damon has class. Looking forward to a Wednesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio, but we still have one hour left in a Tuesday edition. And, uh, man, good stuff coming up as we have Jacob Padilla. Uh, going to be joining us at about 525 to talk some Husker basketball. Trey McGowan's Wilhelm Breidenbach, as well as that uh, non-conference tournament coming to Lincoln at the end of November. But right now, we have Dr. Petey Derek Peterson. You read his work in Hale Varsity Magazine, as well as on HaleVarsity.com. And uh, Derek, last time we chatted, I think it was last Thursday, uh, you were mentioning that you were thinking about buying FIFA 21 over the weekend. I got to ask you, did you make that investment? I actually have it turned on right now. <laughs> Ooh, this is exactly what I wanted to hear because I wanted to get your just your, your opinion on it. Is it is it better than twenty? I'm not sure if you had twenty, but I had twenty and I really enjoyed it. Is it better than FIFA twenty and is it worth buying? Um, I had twenty as well. I've had basically every game that they've come out with um, for as long as I can remember. I, mm-hmm. I I hated twenty, especially when it first came out. It was unplayable when it first came out. Yeah, that's true. Um, this game because career mode is my career mode is my mode. Um, I very much enjoy it. You can change player positions. Um, they they have they added features to career mode that actually makes it feel realistic. Like in years past, it just hasn't felt realistic. Down to like you couldn't loan to buy a player. Um, you couldn't you couldn't loan in a guy with the option to to buy him later, um, which was just dumb. But from like a gameplay standpoint, um, it looks beautiful. Um, I like to play, like I've always said, if, if I was a coach, I would play a high-pressing brand of defense, and I would play a, a quick build-up counter-attacking brand of offense. Um, and just the, the movement in-game is so much smarter than it was a year ago. It's definitely where I de- I'm definitely enjoying it. All right, the, the, my follow-up question to that is, is it worth buying now on my PS4, or should I wait for the PS5 to drop and, and just buy it on PS5? Well, EA is doing a great thing because, um, you know, like I don't, I don't have 2K yet because 2K, you, ha- you would have to buy it on this current generation of consoles and then you'd have to buy it again on the next gen. EA is doing something really cool with Madden and FIFA where you buy it once and you get dual entitlement. So you get a free copy of the next gen game. So you just buy and, and you can pay like the base model of the game, whatever the, I don't know what the names are, but the one that's 60 bucks, you can buy it now. And you get a free um, digital copy of of the next gen whenever the console comes out. I'm in the same boat as you. I bought it on PlayStation because I'm going to be getting a PlayStation Five um, at some point after the console drops, and so um, you get a free free upgrade basically. Well, I think you've sold me. I, I think I, I need to be buying FIFA 21 because I'm with you. I've bought just about every single FIFA uh, since FIFA 10 probably. Um, and I'd just like to to congratulate you on also being a part of the PlayStation family. Damon was telling me that he is an Xbox guy, which makes him inferior to you and I. Um, and I don't know if Damon's going well, PS5, but I'm I'm looking forward to the PS5. It's funny because the Xbox was the thing that I bought first, and we, my family was an Xbox family growing up, and then um, Spider-Man for the, P, for the PlayStation 4 came out. And, like, I'm a big nerd. I'm a big comic book nerd. Um, it's funny that we're talking about video games and comic books and not football. Um, very on brand for me. We're getting there. But, like, when that, when that game came out, like, Spider-Man was the comic book that I grew up on. I loved Batman, um, but Spider-Man, I had, like, Ultimate Spider-Man comics. 
um, you know, coming out the wazoo. And so that game came out, and I was like, well, I have to buy a PlayStation now just for this game. And from a graphics standpoint, it's it's a better console. So it was a, it was money well spent. All right, well, let's let's get into some football then, uh, Derek. I I could talk about PlayStation, Spider Man, all that stuff all day. But this is a Husker football show, and, and the people at home may be getting restless with this conversation as much as I've enjoyed it. Um, but when you look at the the press conference this morning, the focus was inside linebackers and defensive line. And I was saying back in hour one, I think as well as the the defensive line and the inside linebackers do, that's how far the defense is going to go in 2020. Would you agree with that assessment? Um, I think outside linebacker is really important. Just in general, that front seven is is huge because I think everybody's in agreement that Nebraska's um, secondary can be pretty salty just with the, the collection of, of um, veteran players and, and promise that it has. But even the best secondaries can get picked apart if the quarterback has ample time in the pocket and a clean pocket with which to throw throw from. So um, Nebraska for years has struggled to stop the run and it's struggled to generate a consistent pass rush that, that threatens teams. And that's a terrible combination to have with a defense. Um, so from a defensive line standpoint, you just talk about them being bigger. Um, Tony Tuioti said that Jordan Riley is up to 340 pounds, which um, caught me off guard. <laughs> he was he listed at 290 on their roster online. Now I know, those rosters are, are notoriously um, off, <laughs> but like to go from somewhere in the neighborhood of 290 to somewhere in the neighborhood of 340 in an off season is, is pretty ridiculous. Um, but you know, I think that maybe speaks to you know what Zach Duvall has been able to do with this group. I can't remember who said it. Somebody said it. Uh, last week when we talked to the defense last week and they said, yeah, one of the benefits of, of this prolonged offseason was we got it. I think it was JoJo actually that said we got mm-hmm. two to three months extra with Zach Duvall in the weight room. And like, if you could get that in a normal year, like you would be thanking your lucky stars for extra time with Zach Duvall to work in the weight room because this team needed to get bigger uh, in the trenches. And so I, I, I think defensively up front, you hear good things. Uh, from Ty Robinson um, to hear that like Casey Rogers is a guy who's who's really starting to come along and, and come into his own. Um, to hear that Damian Daniels has has spent a lot of time in the lab this offseason just working on conditioning and 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 the thing too with him that that um, interested me was guys talking about him being more of a leader. Um, if they have seven guys on the defensive line that they feel good about, we'll see. I mean, it's tough to replace three starters, but like. That defensive line, um, I think, is going to pave the way for a lot of things because the way that this this defense likes to play is the line eats up blocks and it frees up linebackers to do um, to do some damage in the backfield. So you need guys like JoJo Doman and like one of Caleb Tanner, Garrett Nelson, Nico Cooper to be um, significant pieces. And then if Colin Miller and Will Honus can be better in pass coverage than Nebraska's inside linebackers were a year ago. Like I, I'm with you. I think that, that the front seven in general is just so important for, for them moving forward, regardless of how well the defensive backs are playing. Derek Peterson is with us uh, on Hale Varsity Radio. You can read Derek's work on HaleVarsity.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at DrPDHV. Uh, Derek, one of the guys that was really talked about a lot, there's, or I guess there was two, 
that I want to focus on. But the first I want to talk about is uh, Damian Daniels. Uh, we yeah. talked about him where he's been really focusing on his conditioning this year. Uh, and he mentioned that uh, he was talking to his brother about how you kind of have to work poised past that point of exhaustion to be getting better uh, and to be at a place where you can see the field as much as possible. So what's your take on uh, Damian Daniels and his expectations in 2020 and also the uh, the leadership role that he's going to have to take with this uh, this younger group of D linemen? Well, yeah, I mean, you just said it. It's, it's a younger group of D linemen. You lose Darian Daniels and you lose the Davis twins. Um, ben Stilley can, can only do so much um, in that standpoint. You need some other guys to take sort of an ownership role within that room. Um, and so to hear that, that Damian Daniels and DeAndre Thomas are two guys that are kind of stepping up to the task, so to speak, like those are the guys that you would have wanted to see do that. Um, as far as, as Damian's game goes, I mean, this is what they were hoping Darian was going to do for them long-term. Like when they brought Darian in from, from Oklahoma state, he was a grad transfer guy. He was a one year guy for them. And so like in the short term, yeah, you hope that he can become a starter quickly. He can become a captain and he can do all the things that he did for them last year. He was really good for them last year. Um, but, but you also hope that he can have a long-term impact on his brother. Um, and, and, you know, I, I wrote a story about Darian and Damian's relationship last year for Hale Varsity. Um, I, I know Darian well. Um, he, he had an impact on his brother. Um, and I think people are going to see that this year just in the way that, that Damian kind of handles his business and, and goes about things. Um, he, he, I think Damian learned how to be professional um, with it, and, and I come to work every day from Darian. Not that he didn't know how to do that before, but it always helps having your big brother kind of, you know, check you if you need to be checked, right? Um, I think he's big because they need that presence in the middle. Um, and so for, for him to be a guy that could play, you know, instead of three, four snaps like it was a year ago, for him to be a guy who could potentially be out there for an entire series, that's big. Um, it makes it so that you don't need a huge jump from Keem Green or you don't need huge snaps at nose tackle from a guy like Ty Robinson or something like that. Um, if Jordan Riley's 340, I don't know where he's going to play. <laughs> um, but, like, to have a guy in Damian Daniels that's been around here for a long time that's, that's stepping up to the plate, I, I think – you got to feel good about what you heard today um, with regards to the defensive line and that nose tackle spot. Derek, the other guy we heard a lot about in this press conference was inside linebacker Luke Reimer, walk on from North Star last Luke. season. Luke, Luke, yeah, exactly. There's two Lukes on this team now. We can do that for with Luke McCaffrey and Luke Reimer's, uh, but or Luke Reimer, excuse me. Close call there. Uh, but with Luke, we learned today uh, that he has earned a scholarship after only one year in the program. What are your expectations for Luke Reimer uh, as we go into 2020? Um, I expect him to play. I saw somebody today said uh, maybe black shirt in the near future for him. We'll see. He was a guy that played 10 games as a true freshman for them. Um, and he played a lot on special teams and he made plays right away on special teams. You point to the, the fumble recovery that he had um, in, in game two against Colorado uh, deep into the fourth quarter. That was a big play. Um, they love him. Barrett Rude loves him. And, and you know, you don't hear, you don't hear Barrett Rude, um, be effusive in his praise for individual players very often. Um, and we've heard him be exactly that when talking about Luke Reimer, um, like repeatedly, like he, he talked about Reimer in March 
at the the spring roundtable they had before spring ball began, and he was like, yeah, he could be one of the best inside linebackers in the conference. And that was like, when you hear that, you're, you're like, this is a walk-on dude. This is a true side. You're like, whoa, okay. Um, you know, it kind of piques your interest a little bit. And then just to hear that that is continuing, um, they need dudes at inside linebacker. You know, Barrett Rube said today, like I asked him about the rotation, and he was like, I mean, in an NFL game, defense is going to see 60 to 65 snaps in, in college right now. And with the way that their offense plays, like they can see sometimes 80 and 90, 80 to 90. Um, you need guys. They had three last year, and I think they got worn out a little bit as the season went on. If, if you can have four or five inside linebackers, like that's realistically what you need with this defense. And so to have Colin Miller and Will Honus, um, to have a guy like Vaughn Maga Clemens, if you can get Grimer, like you're in a really good spot. And, and if Luke Grimer is what they think he is and can be um, a serviceable Big Ten inside linebacker this year, um, I, I just think, you know, that'll, that'll make them all the more better. I don't think, you know, anybody should be talking about him surpassing Will Honus or Colin Miller. Will Honus has quietly been really good for them. Um, and, you know, Colin Miller's incredibly athletic. But, you know, like Barrett Rude talking about athleticism, that's a big thing for Luke Reimer to be one of the most athletic guys on the team at inside linebacker, that's a big thing because one of their weaknesses last year was teams finding inside linebackers and pass coverage and picking on them. Derek, when I think back on Coach Rude, he's a kid from Lincoln who was a self-starter and who always really found himself at the ball. Um, he was just flew to the ball and was, was making plays a lot. So do you think that Coach Rude could see a little bit of himself in, uh, in Luke Reimer? Is that maybe why he's been drawn to Luke Reimer so much and is so quick to sing his praises? Maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can you can certainly draw parallels between um, the way Barrett played as a as a um, black shirt and the way he talks about Luke Reimer. Now we have to see Reimer on the field do mm-hmm. some of those same things and play with the same kind of nose for the football before we start saying, yeah, he's Barrett Rude 2.0. But um, you can certainly see some of the, the parallels um, just in the way that Rude talks about him. All right, Derek, we got about a minute left, so probably last thought. And uh, and Mitch was talking back with us in first hour about the loss of Keyshawn Green and, and just how big that could have been for the uh, the Husker linebacker group this year. Do you think that Keyshawn Green, uh, when you look at Coach Rude saying that he wants four or five guys uh, to be able to be playing the inside linebacker spot, do you think that Keyshawn Green would have been one of those guys? And, and just how big is that loss for the Huskers this year? Yeah, I think he would have been one of those guys. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go against what Mitch Sherman said. He's definitely a smarter <laughs> football guy than I am. But, um, yeah, I think, he's, I think he's a big loss. They really liked him. He was a big recruiting win for them. Um, you know, now it's it's got to be, um, you know, they've got Garrett Snodgrass and Jackson Hanna who's back. Um, he's, he, he was listed briefly as an outside linebacker. Now he's listed as an inside linebacker once again. Uh, Zach, Zach Schlager from Colorado State. <clears throat> you know, they've got a couple guys that are – maybe going to have to step up or you need um, those, those other three guys, that trio of, of Va, Reimer, and, and Henrich to um, really solidify themselves as, as your next three behind Honus and, and Colin. Talking with Derek Peterson here on Hale Varsity Radio. You can find him on Twitter at DrPDHV. You can also read his work on HaleVarsity.com. Derek, as always, it was awesome getting caught up with you and uh, enjoy playing FIFA tonight, all right? 
<laughs> I will appreciate you guys. See you, Derek. Coming up after the break, we're going to be talking with Jacob Padilla, some Husker basketball news and notes. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Tuesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We just heard from Derek Peterson. Awesome thoughts from him regarding uh, the press conference this morning, specifically inside linebackers and the defensive line. As you just heard, actually, for our local listeners here on ESPN Lincoln, it is currently the... Uh, the, uh, your chance to win $1,000 daily uh, as you can go enter in the winning word every single hour on ESPNLincoln.com. Again, $1,000 a day. All you got to do is go enter the word. This word, 5 o'clock hours uh, winning word is quarterback. You can go enter that in on ESPNLincoln.com for your chance at 1000 bucks. Excited now to welcome in writer for HaleVarsity.com, Jacob Padilla, focusing on Husker basketball. Uh, and Jacob, before we talk a little Husker battle uh, basketball, excuse me, absolutely beautiful day in the state of Nebraska right now. Uh, it's, I think, a little over 80 degrees in the capital city right now. Are you getting out and enjoying the weather? <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a little wild, just... Uh... Uh, from where I was a couple weeks ago out there covering high school football, um, with it like pretty cold, you need pants, you need to really bundle up, and then the very next week it's back up to 80 degrees, and um, this is a pretty uh, pretty warm fall. I'm uh, been inside most of today, just working on some stuff, but getting ready to head out and uh, make a drive uh, over to Wahoo to cover a little high school volleyball. Yeah, it's just that weird time of year where you wake up in the morning and you need a hoodie and pants and maybe even a stocking cap, and then by noon you got to take it all off, put the bro tank on with some shorts, and then by the time the evening rolls around again, it's back to the hoodie, the stocking cap, and the pants. And personally, I love it because it feels like football, but it also means we're getting close to Husker basketball season, and specifically we're getting close to the preseason uh, non-conference tournament that the Huskers are going to be hosting here in town. We got some more information uh, about that conference or that non-conference tournament today, including uh, in which teams could be involved. So, Jacob, could you uh, could you tell us about the news that came out today? Yeah, and uh, John Rothstein was first on the news today, and the whole CBS Sports teams I've been, uh, Matt Norlander added to the report. Um, we know Nebraska has been working on this for a while. They've been trying to find some teams and send out the contracts and everything. And it looks like at this point they've got um, a, a few teams into the field as they look to try to build it up at, to as many as 16 teams right now outside Nebraska. They've got one, two, three, four, five, five teams signed up now. So we're, we're at six, uh, looking to get eight to, to 16 teams to round out this thing. But um, interesting thing, I thought uh, one Cleveland State is among that group, and that was a team that was originally on Nebraska's non-conference schedule. And uh, the connection there is that Armand Gates' uh, brother, Dennis Gates, is the head coach there. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to kind of keep them in the loop, and um, it's not too bad of, of a trip for them. Um, we got a couple of Missouri Valley teams in there with uh, Northern Iowa, who should be good. They got AJ Green coming back, who um, put up almost 20 a game last year in the Missouri Valley. Um, and then Illinois State is the other team there. and coming, They're coming off a rough year, but um, then you've got, uh, you got LSU, who lost their leading scorer um, with two of their top three, actually, but they enroll a top 10 recruiting class, including a five-star guard, Cameron Thomas. And uh, I tell you, I've seen that kid play um, in the AU ball, and he is a lot of fun to watch. Kid can really score the ball. And then kind of rounding out that field is Nevada um, uh, in year two um, uh, with Steve Alford there uh, replacing um, 
taken over there. So they had a good year last year, but he graduated or um, most of his uh, impact players moved on. So it's going to be a completely different team for Nevada. They're kind of going to be rebuilding um, quite a lot like Nebraska. So we'll see what they can do. But that's uh, kind of the field we got right now to start off with. And they're going to keep building that up here moving forward. Jacob, one of the interesting facets of this uh, preseason or kind of early season uh, tournament is that it's not technically hosted by Nebraska. It's going to be hosted by an organization called Elevate Hoops. Uh, what can you tell us about Elevate Hoops? I don't think I've ever heard of it before. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I actually looked into uh, it looks to be a company that hosts uh, grassroots basketball tournaments. So uh, it's kind of more with the high school AAU scene um, is what they're um, uh, kind of what they've done, but um, I guess Nebraska is just looking for someone that has experience putting on an event to kind of handle all the details. And um, this is the organization they found that was uh, willing and able to come in and kind of take care of that stuff. Talking with Jacob Padilla here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Jacob, I'm super excited to hear uh, more news from this uh, this tournament as expecting more teams to be added here uh, in the coming days and weeks. Uh, but I want to move on to the big news from yesterday. And that was that Trey McGowans has received his uh, eligibility waiver from the NCAA after just bad luck with the eligibility waivers last year from Nebraska basketball. It feels like this is huge for Nebraska, and uh, it feels like he's going to be a guy after starting at Pitt for a couple of years that's going to slot right into the uh, the starting lineup for the Huskers this season. Would you say that's a, a fair assessment? And, and what do you think that McGowans is going to bring to the team this year? Yeah, and, uh, I think most people expected the waiver to go through just based off of. Um, the precedent that they've set uh, that they've set this year, with kind of uh, how much they've um, lessened um, kind of the requirements to get that waiver uh, in the wake of the pandemic. So um, I think everybody was kind of expecting th- them to um, to get that waiver. But after what happened last year, they, Nebraska also felt really good about Shamil Stevenson's case last year. So um, I think they were still kind of just keeping their fingers crossed, waiting to hear that final word. He's been practicing with the team, obviously, and they've given him a lot, given him a lot of reps there. So um, I think they've been operating under the uh, the impression that he was going to be eligible, but now they know it's official. They don't have to worry about anything. They can kind of move forward, knowing they've got their full twelve man roster of scholarship guys ready to go. Um, and yeah, he's definitely going to be a guy that factors into um, that that starting picture. And um, we're starting to see, I think, kind of rotation come around um easy kind of nine top nine guys to identify with some of those younger guys trying to break in there as well um and trey's a guy that he uh he showed some things at pitt obviously uh two-year starter two-year double-digit score uh, he's gonna have to increase his efficiency quite a bit um for nebraska but i also think he's going to be in a much situ- much better situation than he was at pitt where he had no shooting whatsoever around him. They didn't have a single guy shooting over 33% from three. And for an athletic guy that's good at getting the basket and kind of making plays off the bounce, that, that's kind of that's not necessarily a recipe for success. So I think Nebraska will get him a chance to get out and uh, make plays in the open court, uh, run some pick and rolls with uh, some better spacing around him, uh, and give him a chance to kind of be creative and uses his athleticism to get to the basket and make plays. So hoping Nebraska is pretty high on him. Um, he, he showed some things, and now it's kind of uh, time for him to take that big step forward and be a little bit more consistent than he was his first two years. 
Jacob, it feels like the Huskers have three or four guys that can be creators off the dribble this season, which they didn't really have last season. I'm looking at names like Delano Banton, now Trey McGowans. Uh, you have Teddy Allen. Uh, it, am, I, am I leaving any names off there? And, uh, and what do you think of just that ability uh, for the Husker basketball team to be able to create more off the dribble? Because that seemed to be an issue uh, that really plagued the Huskers, especially in Big Ten season last year. Well, yeah, and uh, I think it was a combination of didn't have guys cream, but you also didn't have the spacing to let the guys that did have go to work. Mm-hmm. So you had a guy like Deshaun Burke. He's a guy that at times did show the ability um, to, to make plays. I think back to that Wisconsin game when he just ate them alive getting to the rim. Mm-hmm. And you had a guy like Cam Mack who was really good at making plays off the dribble and creating um, opportunities for himself and others. The problem was teams were just packing the paint so much that even if you had guys that could get to the rim, that there was going to be one, two, three defenders waiting for him in the paint any t- every time. So I think that'll be um, a huge part of the success this season is if uh, teams are going to have to respect them more on the perimeter. Uh, and I think they will. You've got guys that have um, shown the ability to knock down shots from the perimeter in the past at various levels, various degrees. So if you've got uh, guys like Shamil Stevenson, Teddy Allen, Thorier, Thorby Arnerson out there kind of space on the floor, then you've got a guy like Trey McGowan that can get to them. You've got a guy like Delano Banton that can make plays off the bounce and create opportunities for his teammates. You've got a guy like Teddy who can just um, go in there and get his buckets, bully ball, um, blow by guys, uh, pull up for jumpers. So um, I think that's going to be as big uh, a part of this as anything is the, the improved spacing and the respect that defenses will have to give this team if they do knock down those shots. All right, Jacob, before we, uh, we let you go, we got about three minutes left here. Uh, so that gives us enough time to talk about the newest addition to the Husker 2021 uh, recruiting list, uh, and that's big man Wilhelm Breidenbach. He's the, the highest-rated uh, commitment to the Nebraska basketball program. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe it was since uh, – let's see. It, it kind of depends on uh, what service you look at. Mm-hmm. ESPN was really high on him. Uh, rivals a little lower on him, and then uh, 24/7 Sports is kind of in the middle. So that's kind of it. He's kind of got an interesting um, range of evaluations. And I actually was just watching a modern day game on YouTube earlier, um, and um, kind of just jotting down some notes and seeing. And it, it's not difficult to see why um, there is kind of a bit of a range uh, in terms of how people view him. Uh, there's definitely a lot of upside there, and you can see. And it's a really intriguing skill set, but he's also got a unique uh, body type and combination of his size and skill and um, kind of uh, where he still needs to improve physically. Um, so I, I think by the 24-7 composite, he's second highest ranked uh, recruit they've gotten since Glenn Watson. Glenn Watson. Um, but yeah, but uh, even beyond, no matter which where he kind of falls in those rankings, it is a significant uh, commitment, and uh, it's the first real kind of uh, recruiting win for Fred Hoiberg, staff, and Lincoln after they've had a handful of um, disappointing results, especially recently with guys like Adam Asanogo and Carter Witt. So to actually go out there and win a battle for a guy that is highly, uh, highly touted, highly regarded with some other schools, especially in his area that we're recruiting that beat out some, some West Coast schools and um, some good programs. So um, this is big for them moving forward in their uh, their recruiting efforts to show that, hey, we can get these guys to Lincoln 
and they don't have to rely entirely on transfers. So um, it, it, he's a he's a big commit. Um, he, kind of watching the film on him, the, the, the thing I like about him is he just fits already what Fred Hoiberg wants his big men to do in terms of he's a guy that can play out on the perimeter. He's comfortable handling the ball, having the offense operate through him. He's a good passer. Um, he can put the ball on the deck a little bit. He's uh, got a really smooth jumper, comfortable catching and shooting the ball. Um, so he's definitely got to get in the weight room once he gets to Nebraska. But in terms of skill set and the way he's used to playing, he'll fit per, uh, right in perfectly with Fred Hoiberg's system once he gets to Lincoln. Jacob, last thought, only about 10 seconds left. That 2021 uh, class for the Huskers is now full, correct? Uh, yes. All right, so, that, so it's uh, it's Kasai Tomonaga and Wilhelm Breidenbach, two guys who both fit the all-name team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you got the Juco sharpshooter there with uh, Tomonaga and then Breidenbach. So we'll see how um, kind of what happens in terms of possible attrition from this team. Um, who, who, they're never, they're always going to be looking out there if something happens. But as of now, yes, they've got all their scholarships still for next season. Jacob, it was good getting caught up with you, and uh, we'll get caught up next time we get some Husker basketball news, all right? All right, sounds good. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back in on a Tuesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio. As you just heard, we have open phones for about the next 10 minutes. You can give us a call, 402-466-3776 or 1-800-825-7776. Five eight six five. Want to talk a little bit of NFL in this segment. First things first. Don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, but North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance. You only saw him uh, in one game this year, as they had uh, an exhibition, I think, against Central Arkansas. Uh, that was his only game this season. He has now declared for the NFL draft, as he will for sure be one of the top three quarterbacks off the board next season. That guy is just an incredible talent. Uh, I don't want to don't want to give the comparisons out too soon. But when you watch his film. Looks like a Mahomes, a little bit shorter, but the guy's got a rocket of an arm. He can throw on the run. He can just make goofy throws at weird arm angles. And obviously Patrick Mahomes is a one-of-a-kind generational talent, but I'd love to see where Trey Lance ends up. Hope he ends up in a, in a good spot, unlike Trevor Lawrence, because Trevor Lawrence is going to be first off the board and it's going to be to the Giants or the Jets. One of those two places. Uh, that's an early prediction. I could be 100% wrong there, but I don't think I am. I think those two teams are the worst two teams in football, and it's not close. Um, so he's going to be ending up in a horrible situation. He's going to have to have pretty much the, the Joe Burrow mindset of, I got to take this bad team and make it good myself. Trey Lance, on the other hand, probably still a top 10 pick, but maybe could end up in a better spot. And I'd love to see it. Just, uh, another guy that reminds me of Mahomes uh, come into the NFL because that's that's the new wave of quarterback. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, maybe Trey Lance, guys that can throw on the run, can make plays with their uh, their arm just as good as their legs because we've seen in the past few years that that is uh, just so much more dangerous to a defense and it really just stretches out a defense. And I, I still don't know how, how you stop it whenever you have a guy like that. Before we get into Monday Night Football from last night, just a quick look at how the Huskers in the NFL fared this week. I told you yesterday that Rex Burkhead's workload might be improved last night because uh, James White was back in the lineup, but they did lose uh, the services of... Oh, man, now his name slipping my mind. Damon, you got anything in there for me? No. Pages down a running back, and I can't believe I'm, 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 uh, I'm blanking on his name. He went to uh, Georgia... Harris? No. Taylor? No. 
then I got nothing. Doesn't matter. Rex Burkhead had 11 carries for 45 yards last night, as well as one catch for five yards. Uh, we had uh, Levante David, who had nine tackles. Eight of those were solo, as well as a uh, one batted pass and a quarterback hurry, which the numbers don't jump off. But according to Pro Football Focus, he had a 91.9 defensive grade, which if you don't follow Pro Football Focus, that is in the upper echelon. That's in the elite tier, and we've known it for years that Levante David is elite, uh, but he's just proving it on a week-by-week basis this year. Uh, Luke Gifford had one tackle uh, in his game uh, this weekend against the Browns, and uh, nothing from the Cowboys' defensive performance stood out there. I believe that one uh, that one tackle from Luke was on special teams, uh, but maybe Luke can, uh, can start getting on the field this season if uh, the defensive performances from the Cowboys continue. Uh, and we also had Andy Janovich. My favorite former Husker, the former Bronco. Uh, he had 24 offensive snaps as a fullback for the Browns. Uh, he had an 81.1 grade from Pro Football Focus, which is, again, really good as he's proving himself to be one of the better fullbacks in the NFL. Last one to get caught up on, Sam Cook. Feels like he's been in the NFL for forever. Uh, punts were cool, but he also had one completion for 15 yards as uh, right before halftime. The Ravens were uh, were holding on to a somewhat slim lead, and uh, he dropped back, looked like Peyton Manning back there. Fired it for 15 yards on a little hitch route, uh, and uh, his passer grade is only going up now. So good for the Huskers in the NFL. But I want to talk a little Monday night football last night. Uh, I was watching both games. I was a little more interested in the uh, the Packers game just because I was expecting the Chiefs to run away with that game last night. They didn't, really. Um, I, I think if Cam Newton was in that game for the Patriots, we would have had ourselves one heck of a football game. Uh, but Cam Newton was out last night, uh, meaning that the Chiefs really it, the it didn't feel all that close. It was close, but even when the score was close, it still felt like the Chiefs were the dominant team. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers last night put on a show against the Atlanta Falcons, even down his top two receiving targets. Uh, he was finding the tight end. He was finding his running backs. He looked great last night, but one thing found its way to social media, which found its way to me this morning, and that was an Aaron Rodgers hard count. He's so known for it. He's known for drawing the defense off and getting the free plays. He's the best in the NFL at doing it, bar none. Not even close. His hard count is second to none, and his ability to get a free play and to capitalize on a free play is also second to none. There was one last night where he got, he got the defense to jump, uh, and we'll take a listen to that one. Uh, and just take a listen to what he says whenever he uh, he is calling out the snap count here because it, it kind of sounds like he actually says the words hard count. Hard count, pretty close. Did they get him? There is a flag down. Uh, well, let's just find j- just the the hard count part, Damon. Let's 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 find that. And is is he saying hard count here? One more time. Last time. Hot cow. I, I'm I'm hearing a hard count. Let, let's slow it down. Let, let's get this like maybe half time speed and, and listen to one more time. Yeah. Now now there it sounds like hut go. And it, it could have been hard count. Could have been hut go. But uh, Aaron Rodgers joined Westwood One Pat McAfee this morning to uh, to clear the air a little bit, set the record straight on what he said. Look, there's been a because there's no sound, you know, really no ambient noise you can hear. There's been, you know, people attempting to understand what I'm saying in my account. I saw that. No, why would I say hard count? That's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I did not say hard count. Would have been. It's cool. like a couple of years ago, uh, we were playing a game, 
and, and J.C. was the center. This might have been a while ago. And he snapped the ball. Or maybe it was Corey. I think it was J.C., though. He snapped the ball and said, oh, shit, because he snapped, like, over my head. And it came back, and, you know, there was, like, some video that said that, you know, they had thought that I had said that. Uh, oh. I'm just here to set the record straight. I did not say hard count. So there goes that theory. It was fun while it lasted, Twitter. Uh, I would have loved if Aaron Rodgers said hard count there and got a guy to jump. That would have been awesome. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers also talked a little bit on the Pat McAfee show this morning. Again, this on Westwood One. Uh, he discussed just his year last year. And, I mean, he's been blowing away expectations this year. The talk all offseason was that the Packers did not help him out in the draft at all. First round pick, you're thinking, oh, they're going to get another weapon for Rodgers. Because that was the problem in the NFC Championship game last year. He just didn't have any weapons. And what do they do? They draft Jordan Love, the quarterback. The future of the Packers franchise, I guess. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers discussed a little bit uh, the year he had last year. And uh, how, I mean, I, he, he understands it wasn't up to his standards. Uh, and he understands he's playing a lot better this year. But he just discussed that whole topic on uh, the Pat McAfee show this morning. Every year is different. And- you know, circumstances in, in any year which allow you to have more success or, or make it more difficult for success just kind of depends on the situation. Um, it does help being in the second year, for sure. I feel a lot more comfortable. But, you know, I, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about, you know, down years for me because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. Down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. Mic drop. Could it be true, though? I mean, you look at Carson Wentz last year, who had maybe a career year, forty or 4,039 uh, yards passing, a 63% completion percentage, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Compare that to Rodgers, 4,002 yards, a 62% completion percentage, 26 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Pretty similar numbers, and that could have been a career year last year for Wentz, so maybe he has a point. We'll wrap up a Tuesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio after this. Again, Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Wrapping up a Tuesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio, Elijah Herbal alongside Damon Bars. We're excited to have Schmitty himself back tomorrow for the Wednesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio. Going to be talking with Mike Babcock and Brad Edwards as we do every single Wednesday. Uh, and uh, yeah, just going to be good to have him back. I've enjoyed my uh, my week and a half hosting. Um, but man, let me tell you, I'm, I'm excited as well to get back in the, the producer's chair. Damon, how's the producer's chair been for you today? It's been nice and warm today. Uh, it, it's been a good show, I felt like. I felt like you did a, a very good job today and uh, you'll be missed on that side of the room, I feel like. You've done a Fantastic job covering for Chris this last week and a half. Thank you for that. Damon, you're going to make me blush. You're going to make me blush. Thank you so much. I do feel like we had a good show today, though, as we got caught up back in hour one with Mitch Sherman talking some linebackers and defensive line. We also got caught up with Derek Peterson, Dr. Petey. Uh, again, talking a little more uh, at the inside linebackers, defensive line, and... And FIFA 21, PlayStation 5, the Xbox versus PlayStation debate. That was awesome. And uh, talk some Husker basketball with Jacob Padilla. All of those interviews will be available on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter page after the show, as well as on ESPNLincoln.com. If you missed any part of the show, you want to get caught up. Maybe you just love this show and my hosting ability so much uh, that you want to just listen to the whole thing again. 
That will be available on HailVarsity.com, as well as ESPNLincoln.com, Apple Podcasts, and uh, Damon and I are working feverishly to get this up on Spotify before uh, Game 1 against Ohio State. Uh, We're trying our best there, and uh, we will have that for you. We'll, We'll have the news of Spotify as soon as it becomes available. Before we let you go. Just a quick reminder that nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing a seatbelt. That's a stunning stat, really. 70%. F used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury in a car crash by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash is to buckle up. You've heard it for years. Click it or take it. You got to buckle up. It's the most important thing you can do in a car. Uh, This is a message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office. And that's the first thing I do every single time I get into a car. Whenever I'm driving, reach over the left shoulder, put the seatbelt on. When I was a little kid, I used to yell at my my parents or grandparents. I'd be like, hey, put your your seatbelt on. Put it on. Put it on every time we get in the car. Well, I've just reached the point now where like sometimes like I'm going 10 feet, you know, Going from uh, the driveway to the uh, to right in front of my house because I'm parked behind somebody, one of my roommates. They need to go, and it just feels wrong to not have the seatbelt on for that ten seconds. Like I it think feels, I've, I've conditioned myself. It feels so awkward not to have that seatbelt on. Honestly, like I, I can't do it without it. Mm-hmm. And you know that that's that though. Sixty percent it reduces your risk 70. of serious injury. Seventy percent of fatal crashes they're not wearing a seatbelt, and sixty percent uh, it can reduce the risk of uh, of serious injury in a car crash. Pretty serious stuff. Pretty serious stuff. Damon, what is on the docket for you tonight and tomorrow? Is your girlfriend still out of town? Uh, No, she's back in town. Uh, I'm actually going over to uh, check out a a friend's new computer that he just built recently. Oh, so he's not PS5 or Xbox. He's just going straight PC. I I respect that. (laughs) I respect that, too. So I'm going to go check it out and just hang out. Uh, I had a, well, I guess my brother had a gaming PC back whenever I was living at my dad's house. And... There's something special about PC gaming. You can do so much more with it, but I'm still for the convenience of, an, of a nice PS5. Anyway, that'll wrap up a uh, Tuesday edition of Hail Varsity Radio again. Schmitty is back tomorrow. Excited to have him back in. Uh, but we had fun. Dave and I did today. It's Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery.